Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taste of Dragons, the podcast, the video game podcast that everybody listens to. You know, all everybody. you, all you astronauts out there, astronauts, uh, um, aliens, cosmonauts, me, dentists, <laughs> alien dentist, cosmonauts. What? Cosmonauts. <laughs> yeah, cosmonauts. Yeah. Cosplaying astronauts. Cosplaying astronauts. Joe, I want to give you a, an award for helping me there <laughs> gotcha. and saving my miss. Spokenness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. That's right. It's perfectly fine. Uh, this week we'll be talking about staring into the super void, colorblind in July. Uh, the news is being brought out by the millions. Our topic is one of the first. And uh, this week's dragon is getting written up. We'll see how I want goes. everyone to just write these all down. I know they don't make sense now. They don't. <laughs> they barely Listen to will the later. podcast. <laughs> and then a little bit of homework. Come back. And then re-listen to this first part, mm, get, get some wine, a little bit of Chianti, and sit back and just enjoy those 15 seconds. It's for our Nancy Drew it. detective yeah. fans. That's right. Like, mm, <laughs> we are not on. This riddle means yeah. this one. We are not an amateur for no, the first part of this podcast. Absolutely not. <laughs> Experts only. That's right. And uh, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm Amanda. And I'm Joe. Yeah. So, uh, how was your guys this week? Uh, hey, Mandy's been you've been uh, uh, away for a little bit. Been up in Atlanta. I have doing super secret work stuff. Super right. secret. Super secret. But yo, <laughs> Mandy, I gotta tell you, you have missed a week here in Florida. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever thought Florida could be every season in one week. <laughs> <laughs> But oh my goodness, it was like a little bit cool when you left. It was like, what, like a fall type yeah, thing? Yeah, it was nice. It was and, nice. And then it dropped into the 30s where literally we had to look out for iguanas falling on our heads. Yeah. Again, yeah. And you know the park near us, tons of iguanas. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, for the next two days, it just rained straight like April showers, like yeah. spring showers. <laughs> and then I heard tomorrow, we're recording on on, a, on Friday, it's supposed to be forecast to be like 80 degrees. <laughs> so it's going to be summer. like summer. It's just fall, winter, <laughs> spring, summer. I don't know what's going on. I, I saw a meme while I was gone. They were like the, the weatherman's like a Powerball. He's just like picking random numbers. 56 today, 15 tomorrow, 48, 92. I feel like Florida itself has found out about the Florida man thing. It's like, I could be crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, I can do this too. Let me, let me, hold on. Hold my beer. <laughs> Let's go. Florida man, have you seen what shape I am? <laughs> I got this. <laughs> yeah, somehow I, I blame us. I just blame the Floridians. I don't know how. Somehow we are, are the root of whatever is happening this week, but... It's been interesting. It has. It very much so has. So, it's allowed me to play some video games. Oh, yeah. like, can't do anything else. Well, speaking <laughs> of that, let's get into our video games this week. Do, 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 do. What, what are, are you playing? playing? And let's start with you, Troy. Oh, nice. We're going to start with a banger. Ooh. And by a banger, I mean I did it again, y'all. <laughs> play a sad one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I played the saddest game again. <laughs> Why do I keep doing this to myself, Ryan? One of us has to be a good person. I'm glad you're on the podcast or, and you can fill that void. Am yeah. I like a sadist? Like, <laughs> a sadist, but saddest. No, you know I what I mean? It. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a game called Last Day of June. Okay. It is made by a company uh, called Avosonico. It's an Italian independent uh, studio. Um. And uh, they kind of came from a, a bigger background, but they kind of went to Italy and were like, we want to make important games now. And they 
dead. <laughs> um, it's animated. All the uh, characters in this look like uh, unfinished clay models, <laughs> meaning they, they have like eye indentations, but no eyes. Okay. They have no mouths. And when they speak, it's just like gibberish. <laughs> but you understand everything they're saying. Just, it just, you just, it's great. Nice. And it's all kind of uh, just beautifully artistically given. But the story and the premise, let me break this down for you real quick. Break it on down. Oh, man. You you play as this guy, and he's on the pier. It's like summertime, beautiful sunset happening with his wife. And you're just out there having a great time. You give her a kiss. And then and then uh, she starts shivering, and uh, you look towards the car. And it's like, all right, you got to get up and actually go to the car to get her, her jacket. And on yeah. the way, you find a little flower. And you're like, you know what? I, I picked the flower up. I'm like, well, if I pick this up, I'm going to give it to her. I go, I give it to her. She goes, oh, puts it in her hair. We do a little kiss on the forehead. And then I go get her jacket. And she's like, thank you. Um, I mean, meow, meow. <laughs> um, it starts raining. They get in the car. <sighs> car accident. So <laughs> before you know that happens, it cuts to um, like a, a scene in their, in their uh, living room and you play as the wife now mm-hmm. and you find out she's a painter and uh, she is given a gift and she's trying to figure out like the best way to give this gift to her husband. She's looking around and she can't find the place. Finally, she's, she sees a picture of a pier and goes, that's it. And then she prides, wakes him up, surprises him by saying, hey. Or he wakes up, mm-hmm. and then she's like, you know, hey, let's go to the pier, you know, to have, like, a special night, because she wants to give him this special gift. Yeah. And the pier is the location that the game starts, the game starts before the car accident. Now it cuts to a man <laughs> in the dark, in the rain, sleeping in his sofa chair with a wheelchair next to him. <laughs> it's so messed oh, up. Geez. He gets into the wheelchair, and he's hungry, and he's just like huh, I wish I could eat and get some food. And he kind of remembers that he doesn't have the tools, but he he needs to go into his wife's workshop to get a tool. Mm -hmm. And in his wife's tool shop are all the paintings that she used to make, but they're all covered up. And then uh, he's like, oh, I guess the wife's not with us anymore. And he is, and here's all of her paintings. And he kind of looks at one, and then stuff gets weird. The door (laughs) slams shut. The painting starts to glow, and she appears on the painting. And a prompt comes up that just says, save her. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And now this is the premise of the game. Now, going forward, is she has painted the portrait of, of like the few townspeople that were all there present in the village bef- as on the day that they left to go to the pier. Mm-hmm. And one by one, you touch one of these portraits and you get to replay the day as that kid or her neighbor or the grandfather and you try to change what happens because some of the events that the that the that the um, the townspeople do actually cause the car to crash. Mm. So you are trying to butterfly effect or or final destination yourself out uh-huh. of of her <laughs> dying huh. in this accident. And that's that's the crux of the game. This means that you are just constantly watching this car crash <laughs> over and over. And this is where it actually became less of like a sad tale and more mm-hmm. of like a haunted tale mm-hmm. because he keeps trying to like 
change things and find different scenarios. And it's it's a beautiful story about the town and the relationship, but it's also like this poignant like message about loss and love and acceptance and things like that. Like grief and playing the events over and over again in your mind and being like, oh, if only this hadn't happened or right. if only that hadn't yeah. happened. Or- and being able to go and actually try and change things. It's fascinating. So are you seeing the car accident from those people's points of view as well? Correct. Okay. Correct. And the more the more that you like um the the more portraits you unlock, the more you see from different perspectives and the more you can influence other people's portraits mm-hmm. in their days. Yeah. <laughs> so it almost turns into kind of like a Metroidvania. Because <laughs> I have to pop into one person's past to change something to then pop into the previous person's past and now there's a door that's open that I couldn't get to before, you know, because the kid is small and could mm-hmm. fit under there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like you're trying to stretch this game into your <laughs> New Year's resolution. Come on, come on. I can make it happen. Come on, man. Believe. <laughs> I don't want to play a Metroidvania, but if I can just find Metroidvania-like aspects in the games that I'm playing, maybe that should count. It's not a Metroid Sadia. <laughs> um, it's like a Metroidvania because it's in a city. It's a metro, right? Right. My tears unlocked different areas that I couldn't get to before. That has to count for something. Um, beautiful game. Yeah. The way it wraps up is, is so beautiful and poignant. I'll tell you all about it afterwards. Uh, this is a game that came out in 2017 that I wanted to play but just nice. didn't. Uh-huh. Um, but it was up against some some other big games. 2017 was the same year that like. Breath of the Wild and Senua's Sacrifice and like mm-hmm. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. 2017, Mario Odyssey all came out that year. 2017 so, was a great year. Unfortunately, this game got kind of brushed to the side because of all these huge just just uh, monsters that came out yeah. uh, that year. So I'm glad I got to pick it up now. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a beautiful game. Here's the thing. Last day of June. Guess what the wife's name is? June. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't figure that out until after the game. <laughs> I should have before him. I just didn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, How long yeah. did it take you to beat? Uh, complete, maybe say. maybe like three or four hours. Oh, okay. Total. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, nice short couple game. days of playing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Nice. Uh, how about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I played a game called Super Impossible Road it's for Apple Arcade. That sounds super um, impossible. I kept calling it impractical something. So uh, <laughs> I, I was like impossible, impractical something race. I don't know. I don't know. But anywho, uh, it's actually phenomenal. I'm a big fan of like F-Zero. So. What is it? Um, okay. It's a it's a racing game. And ah. uh, I'll, uh, it's not Mario Kart. It's like you're a ball. You're a weird shaped like alien cruiser kind of a thing <laughs> okay some of them are ovicular most of them are just ball shaped they really are mm-hmm. and, okay uh, they, so, so the next iteration of teslas awesome. yeah, yeah. kind of i don't know if anybody played a, a f-zero for the n64 Mm-mm. i did um, not okay there was a couple of races like tracks in that game where it was like a a tube that you were racing and you could go inside the tube or you would race on the outside of the tube okay and so then the game was uh, 3d so mm-hmm. as you spun around, the whole world around you spun around as well. If like you, if you went too far to the left, too far to the right. So this game is kind of like half Rainbow Road, half that. Wow. So like it, like you, you. That sounds impossible. It, it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm so bad at it. I don't even know how to put into words. So, like, so it's living up to the title no, oh for my you. God, like, I, I you can't be angry terrible. about that. I'm not. I'm not upset at all because it's still really pretty. <laughs> yeah. like, for a phone, the, the problem is it's a phone game, yeah. and uh, it, it, the controls, albeit really good for something so ambitious. Okay. It's not good enough. Like mm-hmm. I have fallen off the board and caught like the bottom r- part of the track. Like you, you'll be in a track that's forever, like a rainbow road, literally. And if you know how on rainbow road, every once in a blue moon, you do fall off the board and you can hit oh, the track below oh. you. 
well, you can do that in this game and that'll help you because you you just pass oh. like a million checkpoints oh. and then you got there faster. Wow, this is actually working for me because this is actually triggering a, a nightmare I had as a kid where we were on a, a highway and the road like curved upside down oh. and I fell out of my dad's window in the car and just went straight down into water. Oh no. <clears throat> I could have used another track there to have that, bypassed. I don't know if that other track would have helped you much, <laughs> to be entirely honest. You probably just would have went splat instead of splash. Oh, okay. Well, see, upside water. Thanks, see? Not so bad. Yeah. You know what? I feel better about it now. Thank you. Thank you. This is helping me out. It, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Tech for life. Um, but ultimately, the game's really fun. Uh, I unlocked a couple new roads in it, a couple new machines, a couple new roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's visually just really pretty. The sound is really, the sound design's really nice in it. Um, I, I do really wish the controls were better because I, I feel like it could be a legitimate game if you had a controller. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like it's something that would benefit from having like an add-on onto your phone? I know yeah. they sell like those pieces oh, yeah. that attach to the mm-hmm. sides. Uh, totally. I, I do feel like literally, and some of it is a tilt control as well. Okay. So oh. it's not just touch controlled. I think you can tell it you want to do it all tilt or you want to yeah. do it touch as well. And I, I, I did just do the touch thing because I can't. I can't play a game where I'm supposed to be spinning around. I'm just not going to do How that. How often yeah. do you run into games either on Apple Arcade or just general that you wish like, hey, this could use some some uh, apparatuses? Unfortunately, not often enough. Usually, the, okay. if the controllers are so bad, it immediately is a massive turnoff for the game, and I don't care how good the game is. It doesn't. Oh, if the, if the controls are so, or the controls are just bad. They're just bad. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the few games I think I have played where I've been like, wow, this would this would be a great game if I. It, it's already a pretty good game mm-hmm. for what it is. It's just not. It's missing that controller aspect of a racing game, essentially. Because you're, and you can race people online. I have not done it because I am so bad at it that I feel like it would be like giving that win to whoever really wanted it. Does, does Apple have a first party controller add on? Uh, okay, so with the new, with the new OS, um, whatever it is, 12 or 13, whatever it is now, 13.2, um, they do have, uh, you can now use other controllers. So Apple Arcade is, Designed to be used with controllers they, as well, but they don't have an Apple controller. They do not have an Apple so. controller, yeah. but you can use like an Xbox controller. You can right. use a, a PS4 controller. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can do so you can use other parties' controllers. They just it don't would, have one for this. It would be so funny if someone took this game and like did the biggest like driving racer simulator hookup to this, like the the, the driver's chair, <laughs> the wheel, the pedals, and then just the tiny little iPhone <laughs> on a <the> table. <laughs> It's like, I'd play go. it. Yeah. Happily, I'd play that. I'd be yeah. about that life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Yeah, that's so it's not super just impossible. Road. It's super impossible. It's, it's really for me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right, I will go next. Um, the game I played is called Void um, and then a fatherless person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what Jon Snow was in most of the series of Game of Thrones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Void that is what this is called. (laughs) And um, it's a first-person roguelike. Uh, So you are a prisoner on a ship. How dare you? Are you falsely accused? No, you're you're, you're accused. Are you falsely incarcerated? No. Mm, But the thing is... you did it. You you absolutely did it. Criminal. So, but what it is, is so you're a prisoner and uh, you're just trying to, you're trying to escape. So you... (gasps) That's another crime. (laughs) So you're, so you're, so you're going on to other, other ships that are randomly generated. Okay. uh, With random enemies on it, with random uh, rooms and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're trying to collect parts in order to rebuild stuff on your ship in order to escape. So you're getting, so there's multiple ships. There is multiple ships, which is where the roguelike comes in. You're so. hopping on other ships to bring back parts to your main ship. Correct. To escape to esca- the ocean uh, and to- the ship that you're on. Oh, no, no. This is in space. Spaceship. Yeah, space Sorry, ship. Sorry. I, I, I missed know. that. No, no, no. <laughs> 
That's completely. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah. Troy thought you were a pirate up until just a minute ago. That's. I was in the same boat. The Troy was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just just get like a lifeboat and, and, and swim out of yeah. here, man. A You're spaceship. fine. Spaceship. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you need something to like clear. Exactly, and like every planets. single little hurdle is is just very funny. And uh, also, where the roguelike aspect comes in is that you are a prisoner, but you are not. You're, when you die, like say if you die in mm-hmm. it, um, the backpack like flies off of you because mm-hmm. it's really the backpack that's controlling the prisoner. Wait, what? So it's a backpack, and then so if the person dies, the backpack will fly off, go back to your ship, and um, get a new person. Get a new prisoner <laughs> with brand new, uh, brand new Wait. traits, brand new everything. Wait. So is the backpack the criminal, uh, or no. is the backpack the backpack is you as the person controlling the game? So who are you? Uh, you're the backpack. <laughs> so why are you killing these prisoners? You're a very rich person who paid a lot of money to buy a backpack to control human beings. I, to I try and get one out of hundreds so, so, out. So yeah, so the eventual actual crux of the game is that you are a backpack, or you're you're basically the uh, the AI of the ship, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to get to uh, to a specific point, but the ship is kind of busted. Okay, so cool. you break out prisoner, or you know, you break out prisoners in quotation marks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell them, oh yeah, you got to do this thing for me. You know, you're gonna, you know, you're yeah, gonna yeah, get there, yeah. and then You'll you're really free. not. Like if you die, whatever, we'll just get another one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just an AI trying to fix something. Yeah, you're just trying to get to a point in space. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're trying to get home basically, and. Uh, and so it's pretty great. Like all of the prisoners that it brings back have random traits. So like one of them will be uh, will be able to detect if there's like a power outage on a ship. So mm-hmm. before you even go onto the ship, you're like, oh, it has a power outage. I don't want to deal with that. I'll go to another ship. Okay. And so you do that. Like my first person that I that actually had was colorblind. So everything was in black and white. <laughs> interesting. Which was pretty cool. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I really wish what this looked like in color first, but this is fine. <laughs> to like, really appreciate that. Yeah, to really appreciate it. So then that person How died. How much variety are you finding, I guess? Yeah, uh, that person uh, died. Um, it, it was kind of like the traits themselves, there's a pretty good variety. Like the next person I had uh, had poor... Um, peripheral vision so everything was <laughs> was like a circle around me i couldn't see everything so oh, I, was, wow. I was like well at least i can see things in color now that's nice <laughs> uh, the next person was super tall so my rectal was was way higher than it was before and i kind of <laughs> felt like i had a duck between b- uh, below things even though i didn't <laughs> like it was really weird you have a blind character you just have to walk around listening to things until he right? dies it's just <laughs> yeah. you're like trying to kill him yeah <laughs> uh but the game is like super Super fun. Um, variety of the ships, though, not too much. Uh, the ships themselves, there's only like, I think I found like maybe six or seven different layouts of them. Um, but they all had like different rooms. So like one so, like one ship might have more junk in it mm-hmm. where, uh, where I can use to build more things. Another mm-hmm. ship will have, I can refill my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're coming back to the ship, you're rebuilding uh, new weapons, you're building new, uh, maybe new uh uh, like armor for yourself, mm-hmm. so you're, you're doing that. So there's a little loop aspect to okay. that as well. So it's 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 a lot of fun though, and it's very it's a uh, it's a uh, very uh, uh, Borderlands. So it's cell shaded, okay, uh, versus like you know 3D like completely realistic uh, graphics. So it's very fun though. I like uh, I like stories uh, or roguelikes that justify their roguelikeness, yeah, like, <laughs> in clever ways. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was that game for the iPhone? That was like the the endless nights swiping. Rains. Oh. Was it uh, rains? 
Uh, I mean, like the cards where you're swiping left and right, or are you talking about uh, the when you're when you're like trying to like get a castle or something? Yeah, like you're that. trying to get into the castle, and then when you pretty much when you die, um, the next character comes up as like a great ancestor of the character that just didn't oh, make it. Yeah. Um, I have all of them. I just can't know what they are right now. <laughs> it, it was a really clever idea to just keep it the same, but also very different. Yeah, it was, it was something blade or endless blade or night's blade. Yeah, something like that. I forget what the hell it was called. Yeah, it was good though. It was great. It was great. <laughs> There's three of them. They're all yeah. fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my game. Void uh, John Snow. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, pretty cheap too. So that that was my game. How about you, Manda? What did you play? Um, like Troy mentioned, Infinity was... Blade. Yeah, there it is. I remembered it without looking it up. Sorry, sorry, Amanda. Sorry, Amanda. Like, like Troy mentioned, I was on a work trip last week, so I didn't have a, too much time to play. But uh-huh. um, I did pull up uh, an Apple Arcade game uh, because I haven't been quite getting my money's worth out of exactly. Apple Arcade, <laughs> which is not them. That's mostly me. But I, um, but I pulled up Discolored, um, which is like a mist-like. Um, exploration kind of point and click game mm-hmm. like they don't, they don't you don't you get no explanation they drop you into a room and then you're just like okay what am I doing um, <laughs> you collect a bunch of items you can use those items to kind of figure out the world which is the puzzle very very much like mist okay um, and it was I only I played a little more than an hour maybe an hour and a half um, and it parts of it I really enjoyed um, the art style is really nice um, the movement was pr- pretty smooth I mm-hmm. think if I had a controller I'd enjoy it more but that's just because I'm not super accustomed to the on-screen controls my right thumb always shifts too far left and then I'm like why can't I look around I was like oh right because I'm not using the right part of the screen <laughs> and that's not them that's me yeah. um, but there were certain parts that I found a little unintuitive um, once I collected items I could always tell exactly which items I was going to pick up um, but once I had them Sometimes I would try to use them on something, but I wouldn't use it quite right, um, so it wouldn't work. Or um, I would run around, and then, like, some of the items are super obvious, and then, like, at one point I was supposed to water a plant to move forward, but I didn't even realize the plant was an object. It just looked like part of the scenery. And, like, while I enjoyed the puzzle aspect of it, I don't enjoy games where they're just, like, take this item and then click it on everything in the screen until you figure it out. Um, and it had a little bit of that. So um, maybe as I move forward, it'll get a little better. But mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the bit of it that I played. But for the most part, it was just like, eh. it was all right. Yeah. It was very pretty when you get when you start unlocking colors because mm-hmm. the whole world is gray. And then as you play, you unlock color by color. So I just unlock green and everything looks gorgeous now. So I can I can see the draw of doing it to, to have the interactions with the world. But you had a question? Um, what, uh, when you're traveling and whatnot, what, what type of game do you usually like to dig into a puzzler or what, what kind of helps you bide the time best? I I usually pull something up on my switch. It's usually whatever I've most recently purchased on the switch. Mm -hmm. Um, I play a lot of farming simulator games, the harvest moons, the rune factories, the stardew valleys. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's normally whatever I've bought most recently. Skyrim's a great playing game. Really? Um, but because I, I, wait, no Skyrim. No, (laughs) but because I just got Apple arcade, I'd kind of wanted to pull some stuff up and that game just looked cool. So it was nice um, to play in the airport. It was very simple. I didn't really, I could put headphones in or I could not put headphones in. There's no nothing to read. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty low-key. Nice. Sweet. Nice. All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, that'll do it for our games this week. And now let's get on to the news. News, 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 news. It's like the last firework. Yeah, exactly. It's like... 
Yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's not the Big Bang. Just, no, no, no. no. Yeah, the Sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's start off with the. Um, there was a massive Destiny puzzle that they dropped last week, okay. uh, which is like the quarters. You had to go through uh, the sundials, the quarters of time. So you, so you had to. There's a whole bunch of different like uh, runes on different doors. Okay. So it was a massive community effort in oh. order to figure out what the what giant means. map was and what runes you had to go through in order to unlock stuff. Uh, were these runes hidden in a raid? Uh, no, they, were, right, they were in the sundial. <laughs> so you were just okay. you just had to go through the sundial, and uh, so people were actively mapping out where where these runes were, what map was such, what was this? That's always fun when you have to like when the community really has to like uh, put it into overdrive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they did like uh, they put it through. And they put in a whole hell of a lot of work. Also makes me feel very guilty that I'm not playing Destiny on a regular <laughs> basis. I just Agreed. asked too much. Yeah, I'm I sorry. Agree. One day. One day I'll come back. <laughs> uh, but they spent like all weekend doing it. And uh, 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 Bungie was like, hey, listen, guys, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, you guys can take your time. And it's like Destiny I'm players. I'm sure they listened very oh, well. Absolutely. No. <laughs> Especially the hardcore players who only have this to do. Uh, <laughs> So they, they, they banged through it, and the reward was just a uh, another weapon quest that they were oh. expecting oh. on the 28th. Oh, ouch, ouch, I felt that. Oh. <laughs> Upside, it was it's an easy quest, but it's still one of those, like, why, oh. what? <laughs> like, we want to, like, reveal Destiny 3 or, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or, like, new powers or something. Yeah, it was it was a little rough. The the wow. Yeah, it was one of those like good old Destiny. Like, oh hey, look, here's something really. Oh, it's just for nothing. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, it would have been cool if they found like Master Chief's helmet at the yeah. end. It was like, wait, what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that was it was kind of underwhelming. But, yeah, right. But actually, the people going through it and doing it was very cool. It was very cool seeing all the streamers, and even if you were just playing through it once or twice, you could post what you saw, and they would they would include it on their map. It's it's the journey journey not the destination yeah all right well uh destiny you can take this journey and uh <laughs> sell it i don't know yeah sure you get some, some microtransact yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh stardew valley uh the little indie farming simulator that could uh has surpassed 10 million copies sold all throughout every single platform wow that's a lot of egg sandwiches yeah that a is a lot of fried eggs it's <laughs> a lot of corn grown <laughs> yeah <laughs> So good for the dude. I mean, it was one person who made it in right. his be- bedroom, <laughs> and uh, he's beyond wealthy now. So uh, good for him. Have we done him as a dragon? No, he will be eventually. Okay, all right. I look forward. It's to... Chucklefish, right? Uh, well, no, Chucklefish is the publishing company. It okay. was the the guy who did. It. I forget what his name is, but he's awesome. Look forward to a future dragon. Oh yeah, he'll definitely <laughs> will for <be> that. <laughs> Wait, I got it. Infinity Blade. Oh, no, that's not his name? That, oh, that's sorry, it. sorry. I still have it on the brain. It's Infinity Blade Jr. Ah, that was his I dad. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's good to be formal. <laughs> uh, and then speaking of stuff that has sold a lot of stuff, uh, PS4 is now the fourth highest-selling highest console of all time. to doom Surpassing the original PlayStation. That's big. Yeah. Wow. So That PlayStation 4 looked at like its grandpa and was like, hey, bud, <laughs> I'm going to keep climbing up this hill if that's okay. You stay right here. You rest. You yeah, rest. You rest. <laughs> you rest. You did good. I'm going to keep going. So as of right now, three of the top four uh, high-selling uh, consoles are all PlayStations. Wow. PlayStation 2 PS2 is number one. Is number one. Uh, 3D or the two, uh, just the Nintendo DS, I think, is number two. Is number two, two of the top four PlayStations. Okay. 
Because the first one is PlayStation 2. The second one, I think, is the Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. The third one, I think, oh, is sorry, the... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's the third th- one is yeah. the Game Boy, the Game That's Boy right. Color. And the fourth one That's is right. the PS4. Three of the top five, I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, three of the top five. Yeah. All right, Sony. Yeah. Sony's looking at Nintendo being like, get out of my room. That's right. <laughs> this is my room now. That's right. Oh, I also found it interesting because they had a, like a chart. And uh, the Switch has surpassed Xbox One sales. Uh-oh. <laughs> which... <laughs> kind of rough that's a little rough it makes sense a lot of people that we know who play playstation 4 also have a switch mm-hmm. and then people who we know who play xbox also have a switch yeah well, <laughs> it, so it's, it's just yeah it, it's difficult in this generation because now you can play xbox xbox games on the pc yeah so you don't need to own yeah. an xbox console I wonder how anymore so yeah if you everyone who wants to play sony games has to own a playstation mm-hmm. but for an xbox you have a choice so it, it as it moves forward i think it's gonna be harder and harder to compare them that's true. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, so yeah, I mean, good for them. Good for PlayStation 4. Uh, and then the Overwatch League is moving streaming platforms. It is no longer oh. going to be on Twitch. Okay. It is now going to be on uh, YouTube. Oh, I've heard of yeah. that. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll be on YouTube along with the Hearthstone League and Call of Duty League. Uh, YouTube is uh, is pretty stable <laughs> yeah uh it's uh i, I think uh, youtube has something like 520 million uh people who view streaming platform mm-hmm. or who view the streaming uh but even though it's that big uh they still only equate to what twitch users watch at least as far as hours watched mm-hmm. so there's a lot more viewers there's just a lot less time that they spend watching it whereas twitch it's just like, oh, no, we're just going to watch this all day. <laughs> this is my life. This is just on. <laughs> this, this is what just happens. On. This is it. <laughs> uh, I read a, a horrible fun, horrible fun, fun fact um, that uh, on YouTube, there are more views for Overwatch porn than there is for anything else Overwatch. <laughs> it checks out. <laughs> so I feel like they saw a market and we're like, hey, let's get on that. You know, whatever it takes, get those likes. My mind just broke even thinking that there was Overwatch porn. Oh yeah, what? It is. It is high quality. <laughs> if you ever see it, like it is, they put some graphics into that. It's it, ridiculous. Bri- Brian, Brian, do you have something you'd it, like to tell the room? Yeah, I've, I've, I've just happened to see it. Literally happened to see it. Oh no, I'm totally okay. I, with I was I walking down the street <laughs> and it just like ran up to me and I was like, whoa, hey, was was hey Tracer? Was Diva in any of these? Why didn't you tell me? Every single thing you can possibly imagine no! has been done. Okay, this is done. We're not talking about this. This is anymore. just I'm how done. it is for all, for, for everything. Yeah. Is this. This is that rule 42 or uh, 34. Rule 34, there's, whatever. There's going to be a rule 34 league eventually. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that aside, the developers have tried pretty actively to, to squash that stuff. It's just, unfortunately, they're just squashing them into rule 34. <laughs> yeah, into more. Yeah. But... That's great. Yeah. I, I want the Overwatch, Overwatch League to be as big as it possibly can. Yep. And going to its third uh, season may be a little bit tough. Yeah. But uh, I think this will help boost some some viewership. Definitely. Especially because they've lost a lot of their normal uh, people who've been doing uh, the, the narrator. Not the narrating. Uh, the announcing. They've lost a lot of their announcers. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. They lost, they lost a bunch of them. So uh, it's, it, it's new blood. New blood. So. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for that. Uh, uh, then some rock, uh, rock star news, right, Manda? Yes, uh, the this was all of the buzz. Uh, I guess the beginning of this week is Rockstar got a thirty-seven million dollar um, tax relief break from the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some criticism about um, whether they should be allowed to have that much relief. Um, but uh, I guess from Rockstar's point of view, they said that we create so many jobs and we're we're bringing income into the country that we mm-hmm. should definitely. 
um, be a- allowed to utilize the systems that are available. Um, but I, I believe the critics said that they're using um, a vast majority of the tax relief that's available for the country. Oh. Um, so again, I don't, I don't have an opinion. I don't have enough information. But um, they, they said that might be um, detrimental to other developers if there wasn't enough relief available to kind of spread out to everyone. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. I'll monitor it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then let's see here. Ninja Theory, uh, the pretty great um, development Make, house. Maker of Senua Sacrifice? Hellblade? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have released a trailer for their new game, which is Project Mara. Mm. And uh, it's an experimental game that wants to pretty much just scare the hell out of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it really wants to get into like your, your individual psyche and try to figure out what scares you and, and do that. And it's it, the trailer looks phenomenal. Wow. It looks really good. So, so yeah, I, I look forward to, to, come, to not playing that. They <laughs> are a very uh, talented team that yes. really mess with your head with Senua's Sacrifice. So yeah. I do not put it past them to make something even more uh, impactful. Agreed, agreed. And uh, speaking of stuff that messes with your head, uh, Dying Light <laughs> news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not so news. Dying Light 2 is delayed, quote unquote, indefinitely. Ooh, um, indefinitely. It doesn't mean that they're not going to release Dying Light 2, but it does mean that they had a release date for this year. Mm-hmm. And when they delayed it, they did not provide a new release date. Uh, Correct. Um, they said that it probably, it looks like they, they either had to make a major change to the game or okay. maybe they wanted it to be more compatible with different platforms. Okay. I yeah, hope yeah, it's yeah. for, for um, good reasons. They're still making it, yeah. but it is delayed. Yeah. Or like Dying Light. Boo. Oh, it's dead. <laughs> uh, and then um, last bit of news for me is uh, the Chinese company Tencent uh, announced that it has plans on acquiring Funcom, which is mm-hmm. the company that makes the MMOs uh, like Conan Exiles, The Secret World, a couple other ones. Um, and the, the crux of this is that Tencent already owns 29% of the company, yep. uh, just like it owns a lot of other companies. It's actually the biggest gaming company in the entire world. Yep. And, uh, but it wants full ownership of it. So it's willing to pay for it as well. It's going to give uh, the the amount that it gave to, to buy out the rest of them is 30% higher than what it's already currently trading for. Wow. So they believe in it highly enough that it's like, all right, we'll, we'll pay for it. Okay. So, so give us give us that company. Yeah. All right. <laughs> give, give it away. Yeah. Uh, another selfish. Uh, uh, new, no, sorry. That wasn't selfish. That was mean. Wow. I can't put a little commentary on there. <laughs> you and your MMO news. <laughs> Tencent news. Uh, but for Mandy and I, yes. um, Nights and Bikes, one of our favorite games from last year, you know, I want to ride my bike, will be releasing on the Switch That's February right. 6th. Yeah. Awesome. So grab it on the go. Play it on your bike. That's right. I don't care if it's dangerous. Do it. <laughs> Do it at night. That would be totally in spirit with the game. <laughs> it would. It yeah. would. Do it at night on your bike. Yeah. <laughs> play with a friend, but but make them run next to your bike yeah. while you play. That's right. They can't ride on it. No, it's illegal. <laughs> Get their own bike. <laughs> and then, man, you got a little bit, a couple of random news stuff for us as well. We do. There are two free things that are available right now for, for our, our peeps. Is um, not, not like, like we're in control of this. Of course, yeah. But uh, all of the... Previous Half-Life games are available for free on Steam right now. So if you want to get ready for the new Half-Life VR game that's coming out, you can catch up on Half-Life for free. Yep. Um, and there's a free uh, Ghost of Tsushima theme that's available. I'm going to get that as soon as I get home. <laughs> it's very pretty. That's a gorgeous yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, and this is just a bit of fun, is uh, they are voting Ooh. for some new Lego play sets. 
um, that are being developed. And one of the Lego play sets is an untitled goose Lego play set. <laughs> 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 I, I can't think of anything more fun uh, than playing that game on like a console and then going and sitting down with the Legos and then stealing all of the Lego pieces from the poor farmers. <laughs> you get a goose, you get a little hut, you get a, a few of the, the items from that level, like the flower beds and the hats and stuff. Mm -hmm. But because it's Lego, you could literally start stealing like bricks from the guy's wall <laughs> or, or house pieces. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. The, the creativity that will come out of that seems like it, it will be a lot of fun to, yeah. to watch unfold, which so, is great for Lego. Yeah, and <laughs> fingers crossed uh, it, it, it gets released. Yeah, and, and that goose will literally fit into any other set that you have. Oh, yeah. Oh. Overwatch set, <laughs> put it right in there. <laughs> oh. Harry Potter set, done. <laughs> I wanted it before, but now it has to happen. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm just stealing lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that would be great. No, come back. Come back. Oh, no. Oh, no. My legs. They're gone. <laughs> Kylo Ren is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to force stalk you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that'll do it for our news segment. You know, Brian, what? we are having some, some traveling happening. Mandy just got back off a plane. You two are going to be heading on a plane. That's soon. right. And I was wondering like, you know, what is a good like snack or meal to have when you are traveling on a plane? What's good plane food? And you need something to tie me over either to bide the time or just to, Give myself some, some some more energy. You can't do peanuts anymore. They don't do peanuts. They don't? Yeah, it's true. And they, they don't got them popping peanuts. They do. The, uh, cookies um, or crackers? It's cookies and crackers. It's, I need something else besides that. Or if you're on JetBlue, it's the blue chips. <laughs> blue chips or it's blue chips? They have those chips. beautiful blue chips. Hey. It's good. But you know what? I, I just don't think that's going to work for me. Like, I'm going to be okay. traveling too this year. I need some suggestions. Like, Ooh. what would be good to just kind of consume and... Something doesn't doesn't uh that can linger a little bit. Uh -huh. Something I can really chew on. Oh, okay. So not like a bubbly bottle like that. No, would just, no, 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 no. Okay. A bubbly bottle won't do much. Give me, give me the uh the bubbles in, the, in my in my tummy. Fair enough. Do you, do you want like half the a bubbles can in of my belly? Do you want like half a can of soda, but like it's mostly ice? <laughs> <laughs> they got you on that. Gosh. They, yeah, you you see them. You see them uh, give you the little cup, and then you see them open the the the, the can pour a quarter of it in yeah. and then put the can back. You're like, come on, just give me the can lady <laughs> or guy. Especially if your flight's like six hours. It's like, I'm going to be here a while. I have enough for a whole soda. If it's like an hour, then I get it. It's like, you're not going to drink this soda. We're not going to give you a whole can. But. <laughs> what do you think this is? I think this has gone into a commentary. <laughs> you know the thing about planes. Yeah. Um, no, that's not going to work for me. I, I really need something that's, that's going to stimulate me. Oh, stimulate you. Yeah, Joe, yeah, you got yeah. anything? I don't know. I just keep thinking of plane things for planes. I, I just, this would be on a plane. Right? Yeah. I just, you know, I, I feel like you should be looking for something that might be, I don't know, just tastes better. Maybe yeah. if it's like tasty. Yeah. yeah. Like a tasty oh. snack. Like, I, would, I would absolutely love something tasty on a plane. No joke. But I, I don't know what it is. But I would love it. Would you like some like tasty taters? Oh uh, no, no, mm. gross! Get that out of here. Potato I'm talking chips. about potato chips. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like like you all from the tater talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, well, like, I mean, oh. you know, that's I mean, oh, I, no. I, I mean, I want listen to you. I don't want to eat you. That okay. just seems that mean. Tasty parachute. <laughs> <laughs> you know it at the right time. I would love a tasty parachute. <laughs> but enough. I'm going to say in this scenario, everything is fine. I don't need a parachute at this moment. Tasty emergency exit regulations. 
Okay, I'm, I can't say no to that. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just leg room right there. I mean, there. yes, we all need that. We all need that extra leg room. We all need emergency regulations. But I, that's not. I need something that's that's really going to to get me immediately, not just in the scenarios, but like a, like a like a tasty cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just ask the stewardess for their top pick? Ooh, of yeah. tasty okay, okay, what okay. do you think she would oh. they would say you said stewardess <laughs> flight attendant flight, flight attendant <laughs> i don't know it would probably be like a like a tasty oh, guess, yeah. like a tasty topic i like that, that was well cool. yeah. that was flighty that was <laughs> <laughs> really took off with that one yeah. uh well that t- bit gets longer and longer, <laughs> longer. We, i know we was, never know who's gonna say it we don't. I, I just know it's not gonna be me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah tasty topics are a chance to uh delve a little deeper into a topic that we are interested in yeah we're gonna little, get real with it yeah a little higher with the topic if we need to be <laughs> let me take you higher <laughs> uh so this week's tasty topic Topic. Troy, you have it. I am interested in y'all's gaming console story. Okay. And not just story, but stories. You know, I mm-hmm. want to know everything oh. <laughs> about all the video game consoles you've had. But you know what? I don't got that kind of time right now. We do not. <laughs> so instead, I would love to ask you all if you have a first console story, whatever that may be. Okay. And uh, to, to to lay it on us here. All right. All right. Dip, in, dip your toes into a little bit of nostalgia and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, could I could I ask you sure. what your console story is? Sure, absolutely. Um, my first taste of consoles uh, was... Uh, <laughs> That's a different podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, was... Was that uh was an Atari? I I can't remember if it was which which Atari version it was of yeah. it. Uh, but we did have one in the house, and then um, and and so uh, we we I enjoyed playing it. We had like you know the Cuberts, we had the Froggers, mm-hmm. um, we had the Pongs, we had all that. But I remember that this this story, uh, or the story I want to tell is, uh, my dad had um had some friends from work, and one of his friends actually programmed like a baseball game. For, for the Atari. Mm-hmm. So uh, we popped it in. It was on a 3.5 floppy. Wait, he programmed it himself? Yeah, yeah. He programmed it. Oh, my goodness. It. Uh, was, your, so, was your dad's friend? Yeah, this was my dad's friend, Was yes. his name Mr. Nintendo? It might be. <gasps> <laughs> what was that game? My uncle who works for Nintendo or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Right? There's a lot of things in this podcast we're not remembering. AJ, not. fill in all the blanks that we're missing here. Thanks. That's right. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, so he programmed it, put it on the, the 3.5 floppy, put it in there. And then, uh, so it was a baseball game. And so, you know, like somebody, uh, you know, you're hitting the ball, you know, you're doing all baseball things. And so, <laughs> and so, and so, but, but if you, if you hit the ball and it would go to the outfield and your guy missed it, uh, the text on the bottom was an expletive. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, was, like actually, or like just the at symbol. Oh no, no, it was the actual. Points. Oh no, it was the actual uh, um, uh, f word. It was you at got, the bottom. You got dirty word baseball. And it was hilarious because my dad hates curse words. <laughs> I'm very young at this point. My dad doesn't know about this because you know he just I cannot picture your dad cursing ever. <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, and it was just hilarious seeing this and just going, "Well, that was a game." 
Oh, it, was, man. it was pretty great. You know what? What a way to capture a very unique part of actual baseball. Yeah. You know, they don't do that these days oh, either. They don't. <laughs> There's no game baseball game out there delivering that experience. There isn't. He was on to something. He was. So yeah, that was my my first console experience that I, I will never forget. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about you, Troy? Um, yeah, uh, I would say it's definitely the, the first console that was um, uh, given to us as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas, very classic. I remember uh, walking in a store and seeing the Super Nintendo displayed and being like, what is that? <laughs> Wanted a Nintendo because I played one at my cousin's, an original Nintendo. But it just so happened that the summer after we saw our original art, my cousin's with the original Nintendo, the Super Nintendo like came out that year. Mm-hmm. And so my parents did the, did the thing. And dropped a Super Nintendo on us one year. And what was even greater about that is they got us games to go with it. That's the best. (laughs) (laughs) And not just anything. They had one game specifically for me and for my two sisters. Like one for each. Mm -hmm. And they really kind of nailed it. Oh, yeah. Um, For my oldest sister, they got The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Nice. Which is like the perfect older sibling game. Mm -hmm. And I only got to play it if she was playing it, which was (laughs) fine. And by playing it, it's just watching her play it. Um, uh, Madden NFL uh, for my other sister, 92. Nice. Gosh, that hurt. (laughs) 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 Um, Which was great because my sister was definitely more of an outdoors type. And Mm -hmm. we would play a lot of sports and games together. Um, and so me and her would play together all the time and we were competitive with each other. And then for me, I got the pack-in game, Super Nintendo World, Super Mario World, Super Nintendo World. Uh, (laughs) That's being built in, in Orlando City. It is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Super Mario World, uh, which is just like, what do you do when you're seven and you get Super Mario World? It becomes your world. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's a probably... Probably one of the best Mario games. Or one of the ever. best games yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> so literally, at seven years old, I had Link to the Past, one of the best games. Yeah. And Super Mario World, one of the best games. And Madden, which is, you know, a thing still. It was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got my entire base for gaming just from that Christmas. Nice. So uh, definitely very influential in my games going forward. Yeah, definitely with all the sports games you play. <laughs> <laughs> I like the concept of sports. Thank you very much. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, what about you, Amanda? So um, I don't really remember not having a console. So I, I I, don't remember like the purchase of the console or receiving the Lucky. console. Yeah. Because my, my mom bought the console for her and it was just always in the house from mm-hmm. as long back as I can remember. But we had a an NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the, the, the classic. The NES. Um, what I do remember is that my brothers and I were not very good at sharing and mom also didn't like us to watch TV, so uh, we had an we, the Nintendo was in her room, uh, and we had an egg timer. <laughs> uh, so you would go in there, and then you'd get sixty minutes on the egg timer. And when the egg timer went off, you'd have to give it to someone else. And when we all ran out of minutes, we had to go outside. Uh, so uh, <laughs> was it like a run outside or a very begrudging like zombie slow walk down the stairs? No, well, no, well, the egg once timer, the timer went off, you, then you would play two games because okay. one game was the game on the screen and the other game was cheating the egg timer of <laughs> 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 like all oh, I have three minutes left. So I'll, like crank that. But then like, obviously my brothers wanted to play. Um, yeah. And even if they had already played, they didn't want you to have more time. 
So despite the fact that they weren't going to play again, it was like, but you can't have more time than I did. So you would have to cheat the egg timer in a way that no one else noticed, (laughs) which is hard. Do you remember any ways you did that or just while no one was looking? I was probably like five. (laughs) So I I don't think I had like a scheme for cheating the the system. Um, But uh, we, the two games I remember playing the most were we had a Sesame Street game. Uh, which was which was great for us kids, and they mm-hmm. had numbers and counting and windows. I, I vaguely remember windows, mm-hmm. and then we had the Star Wars game, which we were clearly very bad at, but we really liked Star Wars, so we would just run around and die continuously. And if you think about it, we played that Star Wars game for the full sixty minutes. <laughs> so for sixty minutes, we played like what level one yeah. over and over and over and over again. That's just childhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially and, when you're five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and later that was called Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> they turned that into a game. <laughs> one, one of us would get to level two and it would be like, oh. <laughs> and then you couldn't save sometimes in those games. Yeah. So oh, no. would, you would just shut it off just and that yeah. was it. Oh, yeah. it, it was definitely the experience of like, I think the system was on the floor. So but we were very young. So there was a lot of like not sharing happening. So you'd pull it and then it would turn off. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. Rough, rough. <laughs> and how about you, Joe? Um, I'm much like Amanda. We kind of always had a console, like one way or another. Somebody, either one of my uncles owned it or my parents had one of their own. Um, I think for me, the first console we ever got, I, like I, like my sister and I got as like we had to share it, was the Sega Genesis. And we played so many games together in that. I don't even know how we played them together because we weren't, we also were not really great at sharing. <laughs> like, you know, but it, but we, we played that Sonic game uh, probably forever. And as soon as we learned the code for the, the golden Sonic, mm-hmm. like that was like everything. Supersonic. Supersonic. It was, Supersonic. It was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, you know, the, the story I will tell you is, is not one of ours, uh, not one where it was in our house. My uncle, uh, he owned a, a uh, NES and he owned a regular NES. And he was playing, um, I believe it was Link to the Past, and we were watching him play, mm-hmm. and it was the most awesome thing ever. We were we were all like like we were just enamored with the screen and all the the pixel glory that was happening. <laughs> and uh, when he handed us the controller, we found a way to erase his save file. Oh no! Oh, no. I don't know how we did it. But we did. <laughs> That's no glory. No, no glory no. for he you. Looked so unhappy. What and uncle was this? Th- uh, my uncle Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, like uh, it, it, I felt so bad for him. <laughs> knowing now oh. what how, how I know how the game did not save, how like mm-hmm. there was just so much you had to do to get yeah. to certain. I don't know how we did it. But we did. <laughs> like, I, I really it was did. its own game. We we had destroyed where he was. We had destroyed what he had worked on oh. for like hours. Him oh. and my and like all of my uncles, they were oh. all having a great time. We're just like, we're, I think I was like probably like nine, eight or nine years old playing a really oh. old system. Uh-huh. But it was it was glorious when we were playing it, <laughs> and then it was gone. It went down in a blaze of yep. pixel glory. It was, it was, he was not happy. Like, there were so many expletives. We didn't need a 3.5 floppy to say them for us. Yeah. It, it, was, it was like, yeah, it was like playing baseball. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah, he was pissed. But, I, you know, the game's really still amazing. That's pretty great. <laughs> that's probably one of the ones that stands out the earliest uh-huh. of all the console yeah, yeah. stories I could have. That's one's there. Nice, nice. Woof. This is a good topic, Troy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll we'll revisit another time in our console lives we can maybe, talk about maybe. down the road. Maybe that, maybe next time it'll be like your fifth one. <laughs> Curveball. Good luck remembering. <laughs> First right. handheld. 
Yeah, there, right, you there you go. There you go. I like it. I like it. Oh my God, Getting that's ahead of ourselves. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for our tasty topic. Now I'll bring us to our Dragon of the Week. <laughs> It's the dragon of the week. It's what you seek. It's the dragon of the week. Oh, it's so chic. The dragon of the week. The dragon of the week is our chance to highlight an industry professional or uh, developer or company or place or concept. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's our it's our segment. We can make the rules. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anything in the industry that we just want to give a little love to of course. Um, in this industry that has given so much to us. That's right. And this week you have it, right, Troy? I sure do, my friend. All right. Um, so my dragon of the week is the lead writer for a 2015 game named Never Alone, uh, Kasima Engachuna, uh, developed by Eline Media. Uh, this is a game that uh, takes a tale from the Inupak, a, an indigenous Alaskan tribe, and tells it in like literally the most enriching way possible. Your soul just feels better. Ooh. It's a tiny snow fox, and you can play as the snow fox. <laughs> oh. And then if yeah. you play two player, one of you gets to be the little guy, and the other one gets to be the snow fox. <laughs> and guess which one of us got to be the snow fox? Troy. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Mandy is the fox. Snow fox all times. <laughs> so cute. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the storyteller behind that game. Uh, his name is Ishmael Hope. Um, born in Alaska, Ishmael grew up in Sitka and Juneau, Alaska, which is like the southernmost part of Alaska. Like I looked at Alaska at the landmass, mm-hmm. and I didn't know there's like a little tiny sliver on the side of Canada, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right near like Washington. I'm like, there. That's where, that's where he's from and grew up. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he grew up surrounded by culture. Okay. His mother would regale him with stories of the Inupak people, uh, which is part of his ancestry. Uh, the elders around him would do the same. So he was just inundated with tales of adventure and wisdom, of growth and community. And as he grew up, he slowly realized that these weren't just like, you know, fun stories or just, you know, grandpa being grandpa or <laughs> anything like that. Um he realized they were actually like a deep and story tradition, you know, stories that have been orated for generations and passed down. Um, of those stories, uh, he was quoted by saying that, you know, these stories, it's the young are told from an early age, like even in the womb, about what their parents aspire for them to become. Hmm. And it definitely worked for him because all of those stories ultimately would lay the groundwork of what his career would become. Because uh, he grew up to become a poet. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a poet and an author um, with his work focusing on indigenous life and culture. Uh, and he also went on to become a scholar, giving lectures on the preservation of tribal languages and just all, all of that goodness. Hmm. Uh, in 2012, Eline Media uh, was wanting to make a game that could make a cultural impact. And um, one of the main leaders of that uh, crew had previously worked on Lara Croft games. And he had made his AAA games and was like, hey, he'll be a dragon another another time. Yeah. He was like, hey, I want to start a new uh, studio that can just do something that's more going to be more cultural um, and, and whatnot. So his company, Eli Media, did a lot of studying and came across Inupak people and loved everything about them. Now, what they didn't know was that the uh, Cook Inlet Tribe Council, the Inupak people, mm-hmm. uh, which is a nonprofit organization in Anchorage uh, that provides educational and social services to Native Alaskan people, they were literally having meetings on how to spark education among their young folk because they were noticing some of them don't know the language anymore. Some of them haven't eaten like traditional foods, you know, things like that. They wanted to find a way to engage their kids and their, their, their youth. 
Mm-hmm. And by doing so, it would also help secure more funding for, for their people. And one of their leaders had actually, in one of their meetings, suggested like looking at the video game industry as a possible way to do it. And so it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the studio and the travel counselor got together and they were like, yeah, 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 uh, let's yeah. do it. Okay. <laughs> and um, what was really cool is the travel counselor really advocated because, I mean, you're bringing video games into a, a community that, that may not, didn't necessarily uh, totally get it, some of the elders and whatnot. And you told them it's storytelling, you mm-hmm. know, and they were like, we get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they embraced it very uh, lovingly, and it was beautiful to see that happen. Mm-hmm. So that's where Ishmael Pope was brought on as lead writer. And what is like so cool, I think, about this guy is I watched like hours of of interviews and lectures uh, of of him. Um, he never introduces himself as the lead writer, <laughs> <laughs> um, yet the way that he weaves his story is masterful, and it's the reason why he doesn't consider or doesn't introduce himself as the lead writer. Um, basically they came to him wanting to tell the tale of the Inupak people. And after doing, uh, some more research, Ishmael had a friend get him a copy of this book called stories of the, of the black river people by Robert Cleveland, um, which he regards as some of the best stuff. He's like Shakespeare and this, (laughs) (laughs) um, and in that book was the story of Kainuk Sayuka, which is, uh, the inspiration for never alone. And, um, he took that story, the tale of, uh, of a young, uh, boy, pretty much facing a a the personification of the blizzard to like and, take it down. And a snow fox. Well, there was no fox in the original story. <clears throat> and a snow This fox. is where Ishmael came in, right? <laughs> so, so you're saying there was snow fox. There was snow fox <laughs> at that time. There was snow fox. <laughs> um, yeah, they changed the, the gender of the main character and added a fox <laughs> to like tell their own spin on this very uh, story tale. Mm-hmm. And one of his main things that he advocated was the importance of leaning on their elders to be the framework of this game and and the way that he went about implementing that was magical and that's really the main draw what stood out about this game and what he did with the writing is that he had this this story tale to tell mm-hmm. and instead of just um writing his own version he got people from from the tribe to talk about it and not just about the tale but also their lives and pretty much they made a documentary on the side about these people and then when you actually play the game after you get through certain obstacles and unlock certain things it'll actually take you to a segment of the documentary like a two or three minute video that has to do with what you just overcame and you actually learn about this culture while playing this this folktale and what happens over time is is by the end of the game and you not only have experienced um, a, a, a very beautiful story, but it means more to you now because you've actually learned about the people huh. spoken from them <laughs> themselves. Uh-huh. No one's done that before. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. melded a documentary and a video game in one and it worked and it wasn't boring. It was like super <laughs> fascinating and cool. I think most educational games, it's really jarring because it's very unorganic. It's just you're just running from one fact to another fact, but the way that they wove it into the end of certain segments mm-hmm. um, made it when the videos popped up, you were like, "Ugh, education video," or like, mm-hmm. "Oh, let me just click past this. I want to get back to the story." Like they were really um, poignant. Uh, yeah, yeah, they weren't just poignant, but they were woven in well yes. with the story where you didn't feel like it was unorganic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, this is adding more to what I just experienced." Yes, yes, and and being able to to hear the people and their language just added to that enriching uh, aspect of this of this entire uh, game nice 
So when when he approached uh, this idea of using the people of the Inupak to craft the game, uh, Eline Media were like, yeah, totally, we're on board. Um, and I grabbed a quote by one of the developers, which was beautiful. He said, like, he said, um, uh, we like the notion of not making a game about a community, but making a game with a community. Nice. And that's very much what that game is. Mm-hmm. It is it is that it is them. It is a story from that community, which is beautiful. Um, for his work. Uh, for Ishmael's work, um, he uh, won a BAFTA award for the best debut game and actually accepted it with uh, Eline Media. And, uh, and yo, just to let you know, that year in gaming, it was a 2015, mm-hmm. uh, had the Banner Saga in it Oof. and Shovel Knight. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> like, that, that's how amazing like, this, this experience was. Like, even awesome. Shovel Knight was like, here, take my shovel. <laughs> 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 you, all, you all earned this. Um, what's really interesting is that he's only worked on this game. Wow. Like, this is it. But, but you know, I, I feel like it was such a culturally impactful game. Um, it, it shed a light on other games like this and kind of opened up a few doors for um, games like this to uh, be recognized a little more. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I still am loving the idea of mixing gaming and documentary filmmaking, and I would love for it to be done across the board like even it kind of harkens back even to like like old dvds with commentary (laughs) where it's you kind of get to watch the the or play or watch a movie and then learn more about it while watching it sometimes with certain commentaries i would even like more of that sometimes Mm -hmm. i know tim schaefer does that with um uh remakes of his old games Mm -hmm. so you get to play the game and then hear the backstory of them making it and it's fascinating lovely and it has a documentary feel where i'm learning and playing at the same time um, so I, I do hope that that continues to become a thing. Um, nowadays, uh, you can find him giving lectures. Um, uh, I, I, a great lecture online he gives, um, at the Indigenous Language Institute Symposium, uh, where he looks at how technology can impact language and learning as he becomes an advocate for, um, preserving languages, you know, as they get older and English becomes a more dominant language. The original languages tend to kind of become diluted or less, you know, so he's, trying to find ways to encourage people to, to keep the languages uh, alive, which is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, he continues to write books and poetry. And um, I have one, one expert, one excerpt of uh, one of his feelings on poetry to mm-hmm. read for you all. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, poetry in the broadest sense possible, which to me is something like a deep and intense thought um, and thought which extends beyond the human world can remind us of the invisible yet tangible tapestry that connects us. And Never Alone, Kasima Angachuna, is poetry in motion, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think he brought all of that into this game, and then him with the rest of the developers really made something special, um, which is great. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's and what was his name again? Ishmael Hope. Ishmael bring, Hope. Bring in Hope. Nice. That's a great name. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. That's uh, that's interesting. So, uh, yeah, that they, they actually brought on an Inuit and and did all that. That's awesome. It's very cool. Very, very cool. cool. All right. Well, uh, that'll bring us to the end of the episode. Boom! Boom! Wow! Uh, as always, we record live upstairs inside of Tate's Comics, powered by our friends for 2000 Brigade. Oh, that's what? where we are. That is. That wow, is. I was wondering. Uh, you can find us online. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Taste of Dragons, where we keep the conversation rolling all week long. That's right. Uh, also, check us out on YouTube. We have a little uh, segment going on, Midnight in Salem, our Nancy Drew games. Uh, it's interesting. True. 
<laughs> wow, sounds really scary. Slow. <laughs> Way more scary <laughs> than that game. That's how they say it in the game. Oh, is it? <laughs> uh, you can also find our sister podcast, The Crispy Business. Mm, sizzle, sizzle. Sizzle, sizzle. Pop, popping. Uh, <laughs> they are also on the 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 iTunes and the other all the other places you can find them them there podcasts them their places them yeah. their places that stuff all the good stuffs with the target bits into the microphones <laughs> and such that's right <laughs> <laughs> they do the pop culture ish stuff yep and uh, yeah that'll do it for us as always my name is Brian my name is Troy Amanda and I'm Joe have a great week everyone and, and we, we are. are the taste of dragon. I remembered it after I said it. It's fine. It works. <laughs> it works. Have a great yeah, week, we'll everyone. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs>